It's now time to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Aram, who is joining us over Zoom. Good morning, Aram, and happy Friday to you. Good morning, John, and happy Friday to you too. I want to ask you the question of the day to you as well, so um, Diane could get some more data. How much <laughs> sleep debt do you have? Well, a lot. <laughs> Simple answer. So if uh, seven to eight hours is the standard amount of hours that we are prescribed to have for sleeping, how much yeah. do you lack? Well, nowhere near as much as that. I can definitely say for sure. It's probably about half of that every day considering, you know, the hours that uh, we work. We get up early to do this segment and uh, this program. So... Yeah, for the likes of us, not not a lot of sleep, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I make up for it in the weekends when I can. Well, but, we uh, we you yeah. know everyone here at Good Morning Seoul appreciates you getting into sleep debt just for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not just me, is it? It's everyone there as well. So you know, it's uh, we're all struggling together, aren't we? Yes. Okay. Well, let's get started. Give us the first keyword of the day. Household income. The nation's average household income rose at a record pace in the second quarter. But, Adam, people don't seem to want to really spend their money amid high inflation and various economic conditions that we're going through. That's right. So things are getting pretty expensive. It has been for some time now. And so obviously people are a bit reluctant to spend their money, uh, despite the kind of record amount of income that has come in to households. So if you look at the data, according to Statistics Korea, the average monthly income of households stood at just over 4.8 million won in Q2. That's up nearly 13% from a year earlier. It's the fastest year-on-year -year increase actually since 2006 when related records began. Now, Statistics Korea attributed the rise to the massive government relief aid for pandemic-hit businesses. Of course, a lot more people getting cash handouts also the in-person service sector recovering uh, following the easing of virus curbs uh, there was also an increase in new jobs as well this is all led of course to more income but the real or inflation adjusted consumption expenditures of households inched up a mere 0.4 percent it's the slowest rate in 15 months the data suggests that the increase in income is not great relative to inflation uh, during the cited period, the income earned through wages jumped just over 5% to an average of 2.9 million won per month. The average monthly income from business operations increased about 15% to 927,000 won. Uh, transfer income, which is largely backed by state support, soared 61.5% to 679,000 won. Uh, however, the overall household income grew only 7% on year when adjusted to inflation. Uh, concerning spending, the average monthly consumption expenditures jumped 6% on year in the second quarter, which is actually the highest for any second quarter since 2010. But when adjusted to inflation, the increase of the monthly consumption expenditures turned out to be that 0.4%. Uh, meanwhile, the income gap between uh, the rich and poor, again, widening in the second quarter for the first time uh, in four quarters as well. So some rosy outlooks, or so, sorry, some uh, good numbers and not so good numbers during the same time. Sure. Okay, and uh, switching gears to uh, North Korean topic, uh, give us the second keyword of the day. 
Audacious Initiative. Okay, we talked about this uh, a couple of times during the week. President Yoon Suk-yeol so-called audacious initiative to bring North Korea back to uh, the negotiating table is gradually taking shape. Senior cabinet members have told the National Assembly how the plan can be implemented successfully. So uh, more and more details coming out. That's right. Uh, Unification Minister Kwon Young-sae told reporters that moving forward, South Korea is going to make uh, going to be more specific in its messages to North Korea about its so-called audacious uh, initiative. He added that Seoul will work to create conditions for the regime as well to embrace the plan. Now, the UN administration, just to give a reminder, seeks to dramatically improve the North's economy and infrastructure if Pyongyang takes real steps towards denuclearization. This would include a large-scale food program, assistance with its power grids, uh, modernization of ports and airports, as well as medical system, and also agricultural and financial support as well. Uh, Kwon explained that the plan will also include political and military measures corresponding to the level of progress made towards denuclearization. Uh, he added that the government will push for the establishment of an inter-Korean Joint Economic Development Committee to coordinate with North Korea on how the various projects will be carried out. Uh, details have yet to be revealed, though, but the minister said the government will iron them out in close cooperation with other ministries, as well as the United States. He also said Seoul will try to gather support from related countries such as China. And the uh, nation's foreign minister also uh, chimed in on the issue as well, right? That's right. Pak Jin said South Korea will work closely with the U.S. and the international community to try and bring North Korea back to the negotiating table and implement Yoon's audacious initiative. To do so, he emphasized the three pillars of deterrence, dissuasion and diplomacy. But he did warn that South Korea will seek new U.N. Security Council sanctions and its own sanctions as well against Pyongyang if the regime carries out another provocation, one of which is highly speculated to be another nuclear test. The two ministers, both in the same session, said that North Korea does appear to have finished preparations uh, for its seventh nuclear test. Uh, that's kind of been the speculation in various reports so far. It's yet to press the button, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, and uh, let's jump over to Pacific, over to the United States, and give us the third keyword of the day. IRA concerns. So South Korea has conveyed its concerns over President Joe Biden's uh, IRA, which is the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, especially the part that gives tax breaks to electric vehicles manufactured in North America only. Adam, you and I, we talked about uh, Hyundai and Kia's increasing export numbers that they saw in the month of July. Uh, and uh, the government is stepping up to try to prevent a dampening of their sales by trying to convince Washington that the new measures in the IRA could be uh, not so kosher, uh, according to some of the previous agreements that they had. That's right. I mean, that is the problem. They are exports, aren't they? They're not manufactured in the U.S. despite uh, Hyundai and Kia having plants there. So these popular or increasingly popular EVs made by the two companies are not subject to these tax breaks. And that's what uh, South Korea is not really happy about. And so a foreign ministry official said revisions to the electric vehicle subsidies included in the IRA are subject to violation of not only 
the chorus FTA, but also World Trade Organization rules. Now, the official added that Seoul has reviewed the issue and has expressed concerns to the U.S. through various channels. The official vowed the ministry will continue to work in close coordination with relevant authorities to help Korean companies receive what the official said was non-discriminatory treatment. Uh, now, the IRA it does call for expanding tax subsidies for EV buyers, but only for EVs assembled in North uh, America, as you said. The bill also has provisions intended to bar EVs from receiving the benefits if they are equipped with batteries or battery components made using minerals produced in China. So not just the vehicles themselves, but the actual components and things that go into it. Uh, also, uh, the U.S. being wary of China as well. So uh, another uh, part of Biden's kind of anti-China policy, if you will. Uh, and not just the government, but the companies themselves, Hyundai and Kia, have voiced concerns over the act. That's, of course, because their flagship EVs, such as the Ionic 5 and EV6, which have been doing quite well, are made at domestic plants here in Korea, and they are shipped overseas. And this could deal, of course, a serious blow to Hyundai and Kia at a time when their flagship EV models have increasingly been gaining traction in the US as well as uh, European markets uh, in recent years. And uh, the Ionic 5 actually has received a, a Car of the Year award in terms of electric vehicles uh, from a, a US car magazine. Uh, so... Yeah, we'll have to see if there's any changes uh, that the companies make in order to adjust to the new law or if there will be exceptions made after these concerns have been relayed. Mm -hmm. All right. And jumping over to the fourth keyword of the day. Reshuffle. And uh, this is the reshuffling that might happen uh, for President Yoon suk yeol as he plans to carry out an overall of his uh, presidential office including a creation of a new senior secretary position for policy planning. That's right. So this all comes amid uh, President Yoon's kind of low approval ratings. There's been questions and speculation of will he or will he not uh, shake up his presidential office and his aides. Uh, and it turns out that he will. And uh, this all comes after his remarks from his press conference marking his 100th day in office. He did hint at reshuffling the presidential office to regain the public's trust. Uh, Chief of Staff Kim Dae-gi said the top office is considering creating a new position of a senior secretary for policy planning. Ironically, a post Yoon actually scrapped after taking office. Now, although Kim did not announce who that person will be in taking that new senior secretary position, speculation is growing that Korea International Trade Association Vice Chairman Lee Gwansop will take the job. Uh, the role will focus on coordinating various policies proposed by different senior secretaries. Uh, the presidential office said, however, that the new position will be a bit different from the post of chief policy secretary in the past and that the union government will continue making efforts to streamline the presidential office. So despite these new positions being uh, added to the presidential office, the chief of staff says it's still less than past administrations. Now, along with the new position, the chief of staff said the presidential office will announce some changes in its public relations office. On Sunday, uh, multiple reports have claimed that Yoon has already tapped his former spokeswoman, Kim Moon-hae, the spokeswoman when he was president-elect, uh, for various posts related to public communications. This could 
include the post of senior secretary for public relations, or she could return as uh, President Yoon's spokesperson again. Uh, but of course, this time being under uh, uh, when Yoon Sung El is president. Now, meanwhile, you nominated Ewan Suk, uh, Deputy Pr uh, Chief Prosecutor of the Supreme Prosecutor's Office, as the first Prosecutor General of his administration. Uh, he has been serving as Acting Prosecutor General for the past three months after Kim Osu left the position in the wake of the inaugural of Yoon Sung Yeol, who was the previous Prosecutor General. Uh, also, Yoon tapped Seoul National University Professor Han Gyeong as the new Fair Trade Commission Chief. Okay, and the fifth and final keyword of the day? Business debt. Okay, this could be some uh, welcoming news for uh, small business owners here in Korea. The government has revealed some details of its program to write off up to 90% of the principal for borrowers hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, there were some moral questions surrounding the plan and the government is setting out to um, alleviate and kind of appease people with those kind of concerns. Right. So just to give a bit of the details of this kind of debt restructuring plan, uh, debtors become kind of potential bad borrowers if their repayments are 10 days overdue. This results in having their interest on arrears reduced or exempted and benefiting uh, from lower lending rates. But if the overdue period exceeds 90 days, they become bad borrowers and get 60 to 90 percent off the principal uh, written off. However, the banking community noted that excessive debt forgiveness could lead to many bad borrowers and induce a moral laxity. Uh, the government has therefore decided to write off the majority of debt for businesses that have more arrears than their total assets. And the government will also spend 30 trillion one on debt restructuring after financial support ends next month. Uh, the payments on the loans will be postponed from one to two, uh, uh, one to three years rather, and after that, payments will be stretched out over ten to twenty years. Uh, and overall, there will be stricter criteria for the eligibility of this kind of debt restructuring. There were kind of moral questions regarding this because, of course, many people who have paid off their debts in full by their own, um, uh, by their own, of course, won't be happy when they see other people getting government support and up to 90% of their debt actually being written off. So this kind of seems a bit unfair to them. So there were obviously controversy over that plan. And uh, the government has come out saying that it will be a very strict process and a very small amount of people who will be eligible for this debt restructuring program. Okay, Adam. Well, thank you so much for the details on those headlines. Have a great weekend and uh, catch up on some of that sleep debt. I certainly will be. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.